0: That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
2: What's up, everybody? It's All-Star and World Series champ Nick Swisher here, and I'm stoked to tell you about my new podcast, The Nick Swisher Show, right here on Podcast One. If you know me, you know I've worn a lot of hats in my career, And each one of them has had highs, lows, and a whole lot of learning in between. And that's exactly what I'm bringing to this podcast. You're going to get crazy interviews with athletes from their struggles to their successes and all their unbelievable superstitions along the way. You're going to hear from hometown heroes that are stepping up to the plate and making positive change and influences in their communities. I mean, we've got scientists, coaches, comedians, I'm telling you. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just looking for a little energy in your life, then Home Plate is right here. It's old school soul with new school vibes. It's the Nick Swisher Show, coming soon wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Do you own, do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know it's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners' or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Yeah, get on. Got to get on. Charge. get on. And here we are at SEMA. I'm Adam Groll. It's Matt, the moderator at over there, sitting high atop the Magnaflow booth. So we're on an observation platform, and you can hear people talking around us and other things. So we're right in the middle of uh, SEMA, right, Matt?
4: Yeah, It's uh, it's it's uh, it's been a very interesting show. Some pretty big debuts. You know, our friends from the Ring Brothers debuted four cars, uh, which seems like a hell of a... A lot of work <laughs> to bring four cars.
3: Yeah, the Ring brothers are uh, the creme de la creme in terms of uh, car builds. No no, no detail un, unspared. And I, we we got the Blazer, right? Was it a 72 Blazer? Yeah, I, I believe
4: that was the year. So they had the Blazer.
3: Uh, we got the they had a Gen, uh, Gen 1 got no Camaro. Camaro. They had Gen like a 69 Camaro. Camaro.
4: Uh, that was a '69 Mustang, and then they had the crazy sort of Formula One inspired truck. What was that? A '48? I think it was a '48. Forty
3: something truck. I mean, it's yeah. all it's it's so. There's mu- nothing left it, on it. <laughs> it's my it's my numbing. We're looking down at Kevin Hart's cars now. He's an American Muscle guy. He's got a few Dodges down here. Lots of custom builds. So
4: Kevin Hart brought out a Grand National which uh, was a build. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, he owns an original Grand National that uh, maybe about 6,000 miles, um, mint condition, thought about doing that and do a project, but instead just found uh, a a high-mileage, kind of rougher Grand National, actually one with an engine swap, so there wasn't an original motor. So the one that uh, he built was with a Cadillac ATS turbocharged motor in it, Mm -hmm. But instead of the twin turbos, they converted it to a single turbo to give it sort of the look of the
3: Grand National Motor. Right, because the originals had the 3.8 with the single turbo on there. This is a 3-liter with a single, I don't know how much horsepower it makes, but who cares? Yeah, but it's got all the modern amenities, and it's
4: built up perfectly, and it's just fantastic. it's a cool piece. I mean,
3: there's just tons of, of... treats if you're into the car world out here and uh just the quality of everything the fit and the finish of everything just you know and and just kind of stuff you couldn't get like i was walking around and i found the disc brake setup that's made to put under the stock rims if you have a 60s corvette or a 60s mustang and you want to upgrade from the drum to the disc uh, but then you don't you want the original look of the original rims now somebody makes a kit that works yeah. that you can fit underneath your original rims and still have some good stopping power and it's just stuff like that like stuff that didn't used to really exist now it it all exists out there
4: so that's a good point cuz as we walk around and it's it's been I think a few years since you've been here but Everything is just getting more sophisticated, more impressive. Uh, The quality of parts, um, uh, you know, the use of, like, CAD and 3D printing, not just the builds like Ring Brothers builds and, and, you know, the Kevin Hart builds that SpeedCore has done for them, but look at the parts. Look at uh, the incredible performance. We just, you know, we we sit down and we chat with guys going, how are we... making more advancements on carburetors and hydraulic roller lifters, and and they are.
3: I walked by a display that had 25 different hinge hoods, all billet, all beautiful, yeah, yeah, all aluminum, hood anodized, whatever. Like, just the choice of aftermarket hood hinges that you could buy versus you know, just a few years ago, like maybe one company made them. And then what would happen is you'd see the cars, you know, on the circuit, they'd all have the same hood hinge. Right. And, or they they did that with steering wheels for a while oh Yeah. Yeah, Someone came out with that steering steering wheel. wheel. That guy's got that hood hinge. And it's like, it was kind of like, it was cool. It was better than the stock, but it was like, if every custom car was using the same steering wheel and the same, Hood hinge. Then, how custom was it? And now there's 25 on uh, just in one corner. uh,
4: Restoration was a big thing, And and it still is. But a lot of the restoration companies are offering like custom or sort of upgraded hot rod versions of things. An example that you and I just saw was TMI products. They make interiors, and TMI for a long time was who you'd go to to get. The replacement seat covers for your mustang and camaro now they have upgraded versions with bolsters and high back seats and and whatever but then you saw interior in a box you know like you could just call them up and go i want everything the door panels the seat covers yeah. the carpets like just, yeah just send me the it's whole a, thing it's I'm a gonna, good time I'm if you're vamp- into the
3: into the hobby because there's so much out there and and then there's all the cool vintage cars that were converted to electric cars yeah, so now there's a you can those. have your old 911 or your VW or whatever it is and now they're all electric. I mean it's a you know it's it's just a it's a good this place is always a good example of if you just kind of get out of the way and let people try to innovate and entrepreneurs and try to start businesses, you'll, you'll, you'll have some pretty good products. I,
4: and we were talking about that earlier before we uh, started recording, is, is uh, so many of these companies were uh, like family businesses. Somebody was like, I'm going to build an exhaust company or I was making you know manifolds. And uh, not only did they design and engineer and get these parts made, but they built companies to go with it. And some of these companies are half a billion dollar companies now (laughs) it's it's impressive
3: yeah and uh, it's always good to be surrounded by sort of like-minded people that are into the into the hobby there's no uh i mean the biggest display out here is dodge yeah they're taking center stage they brought eight or ten twelve vehicles out here and they seem to have picked up where ford left off because ford Used to have the biggest spread out. Yeah, here. Yeah,
4: Chevrolet Performance and Ford had big uh, footprints here, and they opted out to have a booth. But Ford still has ten cars um, that they they do with builders here
3: on the uh, at the at the SEMA show and, and Chevrolet as well. But there was a uh, I didn't tell you, Mike and I saw a BRE electric truck tribute truck so not in this hall in the first hall we went in fourth hall or whatever there's a truck that's a it was only it's it's a nissan truck from like 1987 it's a mini little truck it's as small as my mini trucks from the 70s and I, I was saying to Mike, I, this truck doesn't look familiar to me. It looks kind of like a Datsun mini truck, but it doesn't quite look right. He thought it was a Subaru Brat. It had a couple of weird... The, where the bed hit the hit the cab, it it swooped down. It was like unibody. It wasn't like the bed was separate from yeah. the cab. And mine, there was like connect the two with a frame. Uh, 87 said they only released it in uh, Japan and Australia. And it had a Nissan Leaf
4: yeah, motor Leaf in train. it.
3: And it was motorized, motorized truck. Uh, had the Nissan, Nissan Leaf motor in it, hooked to the original four-speed that was in the car.
4: Oh, that's interesting. Which
3: I thought was interesting as well, which, again, if you're going to... Start getting into motorized power plants, but you're doing it in an old-school platform like a 911 or the Nissan truck. Part of what people want is that shifter and the clutch. And this guy, three pedals, you know, H-pattern, four-speed, Nissan Leaf up front, batteries in the back, had it done up like a... Rocks uh, the 46 car that uh, Morton won the Trans Am Championship in. Oh, we're showing a picture of it. And it's got kind of the Japanese mirrors mounted up front on the fender. And it's pretty cool. It's not as cool to me because I have BRE cars. <laughs> but, but you also had a mini truck. <laughs> but I had a mini truck. And uh, it, guys out of like North Carolina, I think. I'm looking at Mike. South Carolina. Yeah, cool, cool guy, cool build, just, just one of many people who are just out here doing their thing, got projects, excited yeah. about new projects, next projects, and uh, t- said he met with Brock. Said Pete Brock, you know, consulted with him. I, I love that Brock is still so involved yeah. after all these years. And uh, there you have it. I don't know, Chris, what's it say? It's like a Nissan Sweet Bunny or something. They always give it some gay name. It goes <laughs> somewhere, sunny truck. Sunny sunny truck. It, it, but only in Australia. Only in yeah. In, uh, I saw the announcement Japan. for
4: it and some of the specs. I knew it was the least the Nissan Leaf uh, uh, drive drivetrain, or well, based off it. And maybe they cranked up the the voltage a little bit. Maybe they got a little more power
3: out of it. Uh, but I haven't seen it in person yet. So it's, it's little. Sh- All yeah. those trucks are little. Like yeah. l- mini trucks. Have, you know, they got the word mini right in the, right. Now. I mean. When you see Dawson pulling up in that 40-foot land yacht of yeah. his that says Toyota <laughs> yeah. on the front of it, it blows my mind every single day. You would never
4: think Toyota That's a Toyota Japanese
3: got truck. Japanese yeah. trucks were the smallest vehicles on the road. And just to see what they've turned into is absolutely insane to me. Yeah. But those trucks were miniature. And, uh, and, again, nice to see the BRE color scheme. Tribute and all that, still going strong.
4: Yeah, and there's another one. There's a five ten over in uh, uh, in another booth. One of, I don't forgot which booth. It's like Braille, lithium batteries, or something like that. So, so they got a little I've, tribute. So a little bit of BRE love here this year.
3: Yeah, which is o- always good. Always good for Pete to be. And and also, I mean, not only that, but there's a couple of uh, Cobra Daytonas in the Superformance booth and the. At Factory 5. Factory 5. The other one who does his knockoffs or, you know, tribute cars or whatever. All right. So uh,
4: you're going to do a lot of interviews. Yeah, I'm going to run around and uh, dig into some of the aftermarket parts that are
3: um, new this year. So we'll be doing that. All right. From uh, SEMA 2022. All right. We're in the Holly booth,
4: which seems to be growing more and more and more companies over time with... uh, Evan Perkins, how
5: are you, Evan? Very, very good. Yeah, we're uh, bigger every day. It's a huge umbrella of brands now.
4: So last year, Holly wasn't at SEMA, right? That's correct. It, it was we kind were. of a weird SEMA last year. It was <laughs> a weird
5: SEMA. Everybody was coming off of the COVID shutdown, and I think everybody was a little tentative about if it was the time to come back or not, or if, if it would even happen, just because right. we all kind of thought it was going to until one day it didn't. So,
4: You know, what we've talked about over the past few years, um, c- coming over here and checking in with 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 Holly for quite some time, is uh, how you guys have acquired a bunch of companies over the years. Mm -hmm. And in the past two years, there's been more. I've noticed classic instruments. I've noticed bare breaks. I didn't even know about that one.
5: Yeah, there's been been more than a few. Uh, We're at about 70 plus brands now. And some of those are active brands that were acquisitions and others are just kind of historic nameplates and and a few that we've even launched internally.
4: Right on. It's... uh, how many brands do you guys think you have under,
5: under the Holly umbrella right now? It is about 70. Yeah, 70? Yeah, it's, okay. It's a, it's a big number.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, Taking a look at some of the new parts here, I know there's a lot to cover, but just mm-hmm. kind of giving an overview on stuff. Um, let's start with the headlights. You guys get into... Sure.
5: So we, we've got a, a brand called uh, Retrobyte, and what it is, is it's an LED headlight. And it's not your typical, you know, you have to modify the car for it. The whole goal with RetroBright is that if you have a car that has a sealed beam, rounder rectangle, we have a light for you, and it's a plug-and-play solution. So it uses half the current, it's three times brighter, and it lasts six times longer.
4: But the the design of them and the look of them is what I think is important. There's a lot of, like, 6-inch, uh, 7-inch round uh, light replacements, but I'm seeing kind of these goofy-looking kind of LEDs, and they don't right. really match the look of the vehicle. Like, and, and the, the original re- lens has, you know, whatever. It has like that kind of texture or something to it. Yeah,
5: so you, you touched on something really good. A lot of the, the options are very goofy, and it's because they come from the off-road side. So the Jeep JK Wrangler used, you know, a... H3 or kind of a later model halogen housing, but it kind of fit the earlier sealed beam stuff. Not perfectly, but a lot of guys were adapting those and taking those LED options and then applying them to muscle cars and vintage vehicles. So you kind of had that light that worked better, but it didn't really fit the look of the car. So our concept is it fits the look of the car exceptionally well. So they look just like sealed beam lights. We've got two bulb colors, a 3000 and a 5700 Kelvin. So you've got your bright modern light, or you've got kind of a classic more yellowy tone. Right, it's got a little bit of that wheel. amber into it, right. but just
4: being a lot brighter and a little bit more exactly. reliable. And if
5: you have a Euro car or you want the yellow tint, we actually have a yellow tinted housing. So that's okay. three color options, but two light bulb options.
4: Now is it completely sealed or is there a bulb replacement? Like how, how are you guys
5: they doing are, that? Um, there is a bulb replacement. So you're, you're buying the housing, the housing is kind of a for life deal. It bolts into the car exactly as if you were replacing a glass sealed beam, no modifications and even the pigtail will plug into the factory harness okay. on a vintage car, which is really nice because nobody wants to chop up their harness if they can avoid it, um, but they're, uh, the, the lights are serviceable, are replaceable. If you decide, you know, you put the classic light and you're like, you know what, I really do want that modern bright color, you can swap them out.
4: Right, okay. And then kind of moving on in the, into the lineup, because there's so many uh,
5: so many things here.
4: You guys were working on intakes as well?
5: Yeah, so we've got some new intake options. We've got a, a Gen 3 Hemi Hi-Ram. So the High ram was huge in the LS world. And then we just kind of took that really popular intake and then modified it to fit on a Gen 3 Hemi. So that's a really kind of aggressive runner. It's, it's good for engines that are revving really high, larger displacement forced induction, things like that, gives those guys something that's a lot more robust and performance-oriented than the factory plastic intake manifolds.
4: Uh, let's talk about fuel injection for a system. The Holly EFI system seems to have really taken off over the past, I don't know, more than a few years now, mm-hmm. but uh, continues to improve. What, what do you think is driving that? Is, is it a lot of the kind of install it and learn you know the self-learning capabilities for the mm-hmm. home guy, or do you have a lot of tuners that are now
5: working with Holly EFI? So we kind of support both the the DIY enthusiast and the professional. So our, our advanced systems, like the Dominator and the HP, and even the Terminator X, are extremely capable, and they're great for somebody that wants to get in there on a laptop and tune and really dial the thing in. Uh, We also have the Sniper stuff, which is a very, very accessible EFI that bolts on in place of a carb. It's got some self-learning capability, and that's really good for the person that wants that drivability improvement and wants to dip their toe into EFI, but isn't maybe ready to go the full port fuel injection route. Okay. But I think the the big surge that you're seeing in EFI is because a lot of these guys that remember their first car fondly, well, they they get that car again. They're at an age and a point in life where they can afford to buy it. And then they get in and they drive it, and they realize that it, it doesn't drive as good as what they're driving today. Yeah, right. And they're like it's, they're nostalgic for it. They love the look, they love the feel, but then they go to start it, and it's cold outside, and it cranks and it cranks and it cranks, and it backfires, you know. Or they they smell like gas when they get out of it because it's running so rich. So we've got a couple systems, especially the sniper line, that really gives those guys a chance to drive that nostalgic car. You know on a, a more daily basis or more frequent basis without you know having some of the concessions of driving an older vehicle
4: yeah right i i used a very very early holly system kind of the uh, kind of a bolt-on system uh-huh. um, back in the day it was a little more complex back so like then a, a projection maybe yeah 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 or, yeah yeah it was a little more complex but they have seemed to gotten so much better and you're right it's getting that drivability to be able to get in the car, fire that car up mm-hmm. and and uh, dialing it in so you know it doesn't have to run rich just to run rich to say for you know you can add a little bit of margin of safety right. by running a little rich but now having it be as efficient as possible cuz the early systems uh, like the projection stuff uh, even guys that were trying to tune them were new at tuning them mm-hmm. and they're like well we run it a little rich to run safe I was like yeah but everything smells like gasoline in my car. <laughs> you know, right. It's a little, right. It's a
5: little too much. It's, it's come a long way. Just the sensors themselves, the size of computers, you know, the things that we can do in a very limited space—it's a lot better than it, it ever was. And you know, the real-time tuning and the feedback from O2 sensors—that just wasn't a thing back in the day. Yeah. You know, when systems like you're describing existed, we had narrow bound. Uh, O2 sensors and they could only read this very very specific fuel mixture and that was good for an OEM where you knew exactly what was on the car what engine it was and things didn't really change but when you've got an aftermarket cylinder head and an aftermarket camshaft and all of these new variables you really have to be able to read a wide spectrum of fuel mixtures to, to truly know what's going on adjust it on the fly and change and now we have the capability to do that.
4: Yeah the system seemed really fantastic and uh, kind of looking forward to to see where it goes, getting control over more parameters. And that's right. kind of the thing. It's like there's I don't know, a hundred, maybe two hundred different things you can control within the engine, but to simplify it, you guys need to make, you know, twelve or fifteen things
5: really right. kind of tunable. Yeah, and, the Holly software was really, really all about you know, usability and ergonomics and being able to not be an expert tuner and get in there and understand what you're looking at. You're not writing code. You're, you're looking at numbers that are relevant to you. And we have areas where you can get really deep into it and get to those advanced levels, but we know that that's not something everybody is going to need to do. So we try to make it where not everybody has to.
4: Right, okay. Now let's talk a little bit about off road, more companies that you guys have acquired over the years, sure. getting more into that aspect. What are you guys doing there? Yeah,
5: so Arizona Desert Shocks is a, is new to the Holly brand. Um, um and they've got a great system for Broncos. So it's, it's a bypass shock. It's a three to four inch lift on the, some of the base models, a little bit less on trucks that have this Sasquatch package. But it's, it's a fantastic riding shock, lets you carry a little bit more speed through rough terrain. And one of the big benefits is that they're offering part numbers for the four-cylinder trucks and also for the six-cylinder trucks. So there's not a compromised spring rate or tuning You know, just because it's like, oh, it's Bronco and everything's Bronco. It's actually tailored to what you have. Okay. So those are a fantastic option. And then we have them for the Toyota Tacoma as well. And those have been a really, really great seller for the brand. But it's, you know, if if you get into the overlanding thing and you carry a lot of weight and you drive on rough terrain, the, the factory twin tube shock just sometimes it isn't enough. There's not enough volume of fluid in it. They get hot. They start to fade. The truck starts riding bad. So this gives you a little bit more control and comfort
4: yeah fantastic now i think a lot of people associate holly with american vehicles right uh, you know muscle cars and truck stuff especially mm-hmm. but now you guys are into the import lines you got audi you got bmw like yeah a lot so uh, so
5: uh Dine-In and apr were an acquisition and uh, they're very strong in those markets, so we kind of just let them keep doing their things. It just kind of gives us another way to help enthusiasts, you know, interact with their cars and increase performance. And those two have exceptional reputations and in, in those marketplaces. But you know, Holly at its core, we're just we're all about enthusiasts. You know, as as Bill Tishner would say, you know, we're the dream makers, right? Yeah. We make the gold and we help people build their dream cars. So whether that's a BMW or a Ford Mustang, you know, we're we're kind of here to help you do that.
4: Over time, how does how do some of the brands, because, you know, like you said, you've acquired a lot of companies over the years. Some of them are already doing well, so you really don't want to mess with that recipe, right? right? So you don't want to touch them. But it's, but eventually, you you think those guys are going to call and go, hey, listen, uh, you know, Holly Parent Group, you know, we're we're developing stuff for the latest BMW or Audi or mm. whatever. We want to get into ignition coils and stuff, mm. you know we want to tap into the guys at MSD, which you own. Right. You know, are, are we starting to get to that? Are we starting to get some of your brands going, well, who else can I talk to in you're under the umbrella and start working
5: with them? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that, you know, being a bigger company that we bring to the table is those resources in, in technology and engineering. So, you know, you might have somebody from MSD helping APR engineer a coil for an Audi. and That doesn't mean it should be an MSD product, but... That, that collection of, of resources and capability is absolutely shared across the brands so like the, the think tank is centralized right but we kind of understand what brands represent what to what people and the, that's a, that's an ongoing dialogue that we're very very careful about because the brand allegiances are huge and the brand authority is really really important so we've we've got to put the right products with the right brand and you know that's that's something that's just very very near and dear to everybody yeah you know from the from the top down
4: Okay, so uh, what else are we missing now? Because um, um, there's so many things in the booth, but it's a lot, and know, we only brought
5: the new stuff. Brought so. the new stuff. I,
4: I saw some front engine accessories. I yes. saw some cast uh, stuff. Not not everything has to be billet and really really expensive. Right, right. I saw. Uh, I mean, I guess you could explain what it is, but
5: I don't know what what motors it's for. But sure. Um, so one of the one of the things that Holly jumped into about 25 years ago now was the engine swap world, and we have just become synonymous with LS swaps. We've got the stuff to bolt them in, you know. We've got the stuff to tune them. We've got the front drives, we've got the exhaust components, the intakes. I mean, we really have just kind of done it from top to bottom, and that's, that's done. You know, we've supported that market and will continue to support that market, but now there's new engine platforms that are being adopted by enthusiasts. So Gen 3 Hemi has been around for a long time, but we're really starting to see people ask for products to help them integrate that, not just into Mopars, but across different vehicle platforms. So we've got a Gen 3 Hemi swap manifold, So it's a cast iron manifold. It flows very well, it's not quite a header, but the point of it is it's very affordable and it tucks everything super close to the engine. So if you're trying to get this into a narrow chassis, it gives you a lot more room to work. We've got a front drive, which encompasses all of the accessories. And some of the, the Mopar truck engines, they're very wide already and they put a lot of the accessories low and out kind of very, very, Close to the frame rails in a modern truck that doesn't work in say a 64 A body. Yeah. So we're trying to redesign that front drive, give somebody something that's very simple, holds everything off of one cast um, timing cover, so you don't have a billion brackets to worry about, and will actually fit chassis. So our goal is to help people put more Hemi's and more things. Yeah.
4: Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for your time. It looks like it's a very very busy booth. Uh, you got some cool cars in here as well. Um, Holly.com, is, is is that where everybody should be going now? Yep. I mean, I, I know people love their brands and they're going to go to APR, they're going to go to Dine, and they're going to go to whatever, but everything could be sort of found at Holly. That's
5: absolutely correct. Holly.com and follow us on social. We've got a pretty active social media feed and we really love interacting with enthusiasts. Awesome. Evan, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, thank you.
4: All right, here we are at Optima Batteries with Cam Douglas. Cam is uh, the boss over here. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I know there's a lot of new products, but also the Optima Challenge. Uh, we can get into a little bit of that. I think that's what's happening on outside. Otherwise, you guys are just making a lot of noise for no reason.
6: Because <laughs> it sounds pretty
4: exciting out well, if there. If you make
6: noise, smoke, people come. People come. Yes. Uh,
4: let's talk about the business side of it, the battery side of sure. it. Uh, Optima Batteries, uh, definitely something that I think... That we've all had our hands on at some point. They're all over our cars.
6: Uh, but how has the product line changed? What's going on this year? Well, some interesting things. Um, we've expanded our AGM line, uh, our our traditional product that we've um, created since you know the early '90s, um, and we've expanded that into a flat plate design, which is called our PureFlow design, in mainly uh, products for more modern cars. Okay. So, and when I say more modern, it, it, we never had a product that fit European cars. Now we do that go, you know, back even further, but modern domestic cars are now using that European version. It's called din. Yeah. Um, and so we launched the new H five battery this year, which will fit most of the smaller European compact cars. So a three series BMW and a series Audi, um, Volkswagen Golf, et cetera. Okay. Um, and it's being used in a lot of EVs as kind of their 12-volt power source. Okay, sure. Then um, the big exciting news for us is our entrance into Power Sports with a lithium line of batteries. Okay. It's called our HyperCore. And um, we have we have six different sizes. It'll fit 95% of all Power Sports vehicles, everything from, you know, small motorcycles all the way to side-by-sides. So um, and they're extremely light, extremely powerful and extremely safe. So kind of dip- big differentiator from ours versus others that are out there. We've taken a lot of time and care to make sure that they have a, a battery management system that keeps them safe, and also has some unique features like our power link cable, which comes outside the battery compartment and can mount on a swing arm or a handlebar, and it tells the status of the battery. And it also doubles as a maintainer connection point. So you can do all that outside, you know, because some bikes, if you're familiar with putting batteries in bikes, sometimes you put them in there, and it's like it takes a lot of work to put them in this small little compartment. You never get to it. So you don't know if the battery's charged or not. So that's what this power link cable does.
4: What are some of the difficulties in getting into lithium battery power line? There's the cost of entry, and i don 't know is it a safety thing, is it a charging thing um, I mean we see the benefits, right The benefits being uh, you know we want lighter weight yes um, in in the power sports, but also in the vehicles like you talked about uh, but i don 't know are they not as powerful, are they more powerful, or are
6: they just more expensive <laughs> there's a lot of different things yeah. I mean your question, I could sit here and talk to you all day about it. But one of the biggest concern for us is that people say hey you 're kind of late to the market. These things have been out for ten years they 've been out for ten years and they 've had a lot of issues with them. I have some personal friends that have you know used them, and one almost burned their shot down right so there's the The biggest issue for us was safety uh, and so uh, having a correct battery management system, having the right chemistry of lithium. Um, those things go hand in hand to make sure that you have something that's safe. Now, when you make something safe, that obviously adds cost because you've got we've got a little miniature computer in each battery. Okay. Um, yeah. And that battery or that computer is monitoring each one of those cells for, as it's being charged and recharged. Excuse me, charged and discharged. So.
4: And how how do they compare to your AGM line of batteries? Are they uh, this the same power, same, like, cranking amps, or do they last longer, or is, is the life shorter? Like, how does it... S-
6: they, so, if they're used correctly, they should last a lot longer. Okay. Um, they do have, they have more consistent power over their discharge cycle. So, you know, as a lead-acid battery discharges and loses some of its energy, you can tell... It yeah. starts a little slower as the voltage goes down. A lithium battery carries that high capability of producing all of its power for longer, and then it drops off like a cliff. Okay. Right? So it's just a different type of power. Now, cycling, when you, it's like your your iPhone right. has a lithium battery. A different chemistry, but it has a lithium battery. And one of the benefits there, it'll cycle, what, Thousand times, three thousand yeah, times. Yeah. Like the, I don't know what an Apple prop, but I know that when I buy a new iPhone, it'll last me a year, and I'm charging it a couple times a day. Or yeah, you and I are riding phones, right? So that's a huge benefit. Where a lead acid battery, the best ones out there, the best Optima batteries we have that cycle the most, are cycle maybe three hundred times mm-hmm. to complete discharge, and when it's dead, and then you recharge it again. Our lithium batteries are a thousand plus, okay, so there's a cycle bene- cycling benefit um, there's that power benefit, the consistency of power over time. You brought up lightweight they 're extremely light compared to lead acid, um, but it is still that safety management that is um, a big priority for us. The the typical
4: car battery is, what, on average about 40 pounds?
6: Yeah, yeah, you're right, 40 pounds. And what would be the lithium equivalent? Well, lithium equivalent for that size would be different, but um, it would be quite a bit less. And, again, depending on the chemistry, how much lithium you want to put in that box. But, like, our Quad 30 battery, which I can't remember the weight, but... I think it's maybe around 15 pounds. We're, we put that in a Ford Raptor last week and then drove it all week, and so it'll. But that's in Southern California, right? right. Yeah. If you're, you wouldn't do that in the Midwest because um, because of the cold. But um, just saying, it has the power to do that. So if you're doing a track day car or, or with um, Adams race cars, you might want to run a lithium battery in there just to keep the weight down. Yeah. And if you're doing that in fair weather and you're not worried about running electric fans and things like that that consume a lot of power, you might be able to get by with a 15-pound battery instead of a 40-pound battery.
4: In, in racing specifically, like what you were talking about, like maybe one of Adam Crollo's cars, uh, it, that makes sense. Certainly the weight savings, but also the attribute you were talking about, keeping the voltage up. Even as the battery discharges in, and then if it falls off, it just sort of falls off a cliff, yep that's fine, but you'll notice a difference in racing right any electronic ignition boxes, those last few laps yep right if you're if you're losing battery power, but if it lasted and then you you charge the battery when you bring it back in
6: it's a compromise though yeah. right because you get you have that amp hour which you want to extend the electrical fuel energy right as, for as long as you can. Because if you lose an alternator, that's where that amp hour comes in. So in a traditional automotive battery, you might have 50 amp hour, right? And the lithium equivalent that can still start the vehicle might only have 15. So you might, if you get caught without an alternator, you on a regular basis, or you want that safety, you may want to consider sticking with a lead-acid battery or a larger lithium battery. Yeah, okay. So that's a that's a concern. But as you said, kind of that consistency of its power delivery makes things more tunable, right? Yeah. Um, the, it's what... Uh, like bracket racers want all the time. As that battery discharges, they don't want their tune to change as it discharges, because then their horsepower changes, then their times will change. They want to hit ten nineties every time. 1090s every ten nineties every time, right? Yeah, every time. So, a, a lithium battery might be a benefit there. Okay. The way, the way that discharge works keeps that consistent. You tune it once, and as it discharges, you know, fifty percent, its tune stays the same.
4: How have cars change that maybe has forced you guys to continue to change and innovate with battery technology because the cars are getting more complicated right. they seem to be more sensitive to the the, the amount of power that the battery generates yeah, big time. Um, you know like you said the ECU and the, the engine management systems uh, go wacky uh, complete infotainment systems like all the, the The car snake seem to be communicating with themselves far more than just to the engine and back.
6: Yeah. Right? You'll notice on modern cars, when you look at the battery terminals, there's two new wires going in there. Yeah. And there's this little box there that's doing something. It's monitoring temperature. It's monitoring the amperage flow. It's doing things that, you know, older vehicles never did before. But they're doing those for a lot of reasons. And the main reason is is it, it can control that alternator. And the alternators, put when, when they're activated and when there's a load on them, um, that creates drag on the motor. Yeah. It decreases fuel economy, right? So it's a big fuel economy plus performance. So if you can get better performance and better fuel economy by monitoring that battery rather than just having it go on all the time, then um, you'll gain both of those things, performance and fuel economy.
4: The the modern day cars that have this auto start yep. stop feature at every stoplight mm-hmm. does that irritate you? Well, <laughs> it well, seems to it, irritate me, but I don't know if it irritates you. Well, from a, so I from have an engineering corp- standpoint, I have the
6: corporate response, and then I have my personal <laughs> yeah. response. So yeah, we're we're always um, looking for ways to partner with OES and. In looking for ways to increase fuel economy, I mean it's just the world we live in, and plus it's with the price of fuel, especially in Southern California, it's like yeah I want to anyway. But yeah, I've got two cars with start top stop technology, and I can't tell you that they're always turned on. But but it, it does work great. To answer your question though, as far as how the battery reacts it places a lot more demand on the battery. So we actually make, within our larger company, Clarios, we make um, batteries that are made to perform better in start-stop technology or start-stop applications. Um, Optima, we're working on that chemistry that will be able to um, give a long life in that application as well.
4: Is is there a way to like on that start stop feature if you know if you're sitting in traffic like we're in LA we're sitting in traffic all the time and if you don't disable that feature you can hit that thing 40 50 60 yeah. times sitting in traffic does it make sense for the battery to restart the motor every time or should the battery maybe it does this maybe the battery should charge some capacitor that that has just like one shot and then it helps to start the motor and then as you're engine's running and now again the alternator's on again for a few more minutes before you stop in traffic it kind of recharges that capacitor does does that make sense
6: it does make sense to me but i'm a dumb marketing guy (laughs) so once you get into you know i I got other people i call into the conversation Um, but our product team is working on ways to make that battery kind of have that um uh i'd say that that combination of what you're talking about yeah. in in one box um but it is used still using lead acid technology for start stop uh, but yeah to, to your point um that's probably when start stop technology gets the most annoying right yeah I mean, yeah yeah LA we do, of course is, we're just
4: sitting in traffic and just yeah. doing. you got to turn it off uh, all the time and you know when that technology came out there was a few cars that if you turned it off it would stay off and now they're like well you can't do that it has to restart every time you start the car but and, you know unless you pull a fuse or something that's been known to happen it's <laughs> or been known to happen. <laughs> yeah uh, let's talk about uh the optima invitational sure um this has been going on for a while now and this yeah, has grown into something huge it, it used to be uh, guys bringing out uh, yeah since 2008 and uh, guys bringing out these kind of home built cars and and seeing what they can do with them uh, kind of stretched their legs on the road course and autocross and all kinds of good
6: stuff and now cars are being built specifically just for this right it's it's pretty amazing 2008 we walked the uh, floor at SEMA and it was pretty barren during you know a recession right. Um, and we said, how can we um, kind of spark some interest, get things rolling? In addition to that, um, we asked ourselves, you know, it's it's so cool to see these vehicles here on display, and there's a lot of at the time magazines. Remember those? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of magazines that were doing articles on these cars. Fantastic builds, wonderful builds. You never saw them driving. Yeah, I don't know what's going on outside. pretty good noise out there. They're running running pretty hard. (laughs)
4: Pretty big. I don't know if we could hear that, but it was pretty good.
6: So they were, um, you'd never see them driving. You'd never see performance specs or anything on them. But we knew that there were some builders out there that were building stuff that street vehicles using pretty much race car technology, but still remaining street vehicles that would perform at race car levels. And we said, how cool would it be? This was Jimmy Day. From FM3 yeah, sure. and myself, and we were walking through there. And how cool would it be if we could get these cars on a track and prove to people that these SEMA vehicles are not just trailer queens, right? Yeah. Or wet paint cars that were pushed in. Now you, we all know that there are. There right? still are. Yeah. But <laughs> some of the, you know, some of the vehicles out there have been built and and, and would run. So we challenged a lot of those builders and said we're going to have an event. And at the Time it was at Perump come out and run with us right we're going to have a series of you know things that we're going to do first of all you got to drive the car there so it has to be proven that it's street worthy then you got to do a a speed stop which was a genuine zero to 100 to zero at the time okay and um there was a lot of locked up brakes and people running into the desert so (laughs) we didn't have a long enough runway i guess um, and that has been modified a little bit, but 0 to 100 to 0, and then we had an autocross and a design and engineering and also a road course. So five events, and we still have those five events today. The 0 to 100 to 0 has been modified into a speed stop where um, people go forward and or launch hard and then go through a little chicane and then turn around, come back, and stop in a stop box.
4: Okay, yeah. A lot more safe. Yeah. And, yeah.
6: Instead of running out into the desert yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> with their with their very very expensive car, you got it. How have the cars changed? Because I mean, there's, uh, I'm sure you have some builders and some drivers that have been pretty consistent almost the whole time since mm-hmm. since 2008, bringing out new things. Yep. Yeah. Um, but the cars must have, have changed over the years. It's not just builders. Maybe engineers are getting involved and using it as their test bed.
6: Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, a lot of engine builders, a lot of suspension companies, you know, Detroit Speed and Engineering, you know, those guys, and yeah. Lingenfelter. And, I mean, uh, yeah, every component Falcons out here, and they're 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 actually you know designing tires around this and and making a a tire that is a wonderful tire for running on the road course and autocross, et cetera. So to answer your question, yes components have changed Um, a lot of the uh, builders that were there from the beginning are still with us a lot of new ones Um, we've had ring brothers come and do stuff we've had the riddler winter car come out i mean all kinds of different stuff but they are yeah the the cars back then and cars now if you were to kind of line them all up and look at them there were some incredible cars back then but there's some gnarly stuff now
4: i attribute paint protection film PPF, right? Get the, the best PPF allowed. All the coolest cars to start <laughs> showing up <laughs> right. and, and compete in that. Um, what what does it take to get invited, or how do you start to compete in the the Optima? I call it the Optima Invitational, but it's got sure. a much bigger name. It's got the Optima, ultimate, ultimate, ultimate car series. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yes, something like that. Um, um, it, it's is a it an, Is it still an Invitational
6: or so? Or, how does that work? Yes, and, and so SEMA remains an invitational to a certain extent. You can earn your way in, though. Okay. Um, and we have a series, either seven or eight events, depending on the year and how things work out, um, events that people can sign up for, pay a you know ridiculously low entry fee, come out and compete. And if you win in your class, um, you automatically win a spot to the... SEMA Invitational. Okay. Um, or you can win a um, uh, popular choice, you know, sure, what do we call it? I'm sorry, I can't remember what the uh, uh I'll think of it. But it's basically you're, you've shown a, a lot of wonderful spirit and you've got a great car. And yeah. Maybe you weren't the fastest guy or gal, but we think you're great and come on out. Sure, cause, yeah. Because a lot of it is camaraderie right um so we have one of those for each event um that we give away and then at SEMA we used to do what's called the golden ticket which we would actually walk around SEMA and give out you know look for 10 cars that we would say hey you want to come compete right and it was you know kind of badge of honor I got chosen and people would come out and compete now that we have the event At SEMA, most of the event, it's hard to choose something quick enough so that they'll be right. So we've invited some through just knowing, hey, these cars are cool cars that are being built. Right, like what's being built. Because it
4: used to be so many cars would debut at SEMA, but now we're kind of teasing what these builds are going to be. Yes. And and a, a lot of them are creating content around the build. So we all know what it's going to be. We know what the power plant is going to be. Don't get to really see the final product until SEMA. But instead of just one big unveil at SEMA, you kind of, there's a lot more to this story leading up to SEMA. So you, you kind of know it. ahead of time who to call and say, I heard you guys are built up. Cool. Yes.
6: And, and please call and brag about your car. Yeah. We, <laughs> w- we want to know about it. Um, one of our great, Long-term ambassadors, uh, Jonathan Ward, you know Jonathan. Sure, yeah. So he's got the three hundred SEL 6.3. Oh, he brought the Mercedes out. out. Did yeah. you see it? Yeah,
4: I no, haven't seen it yet, anyway. but I've been following the build and
6: watched his videos.
4: And we've been the first two days of SEMA, been running around and, and doing the interviews. So I uh,
6: haven't seen the car yet. Gotcha. Well, but he's he's great, and his owners are great. And I, I said whatever we can do to make sure that that car comes and competes is great. And so all of his most all of his past builds. The owners can fly in and drive the car in the, in the event. And his new owner of this car is actually going to go out and, you know, drive it hard. And he should because that's a cool car. It's not what you would
4: expect. But then right. underneath, it's just done. It's just full done up. Full that's crazy. Art Morrison chassis and LS engine all in this Mercedes. But that's a golden ticket. Yeah.
6: That's, that's right? fantastic. That was a shoe-in. So. How many events do you guys do? Well, typically it's 7 to 8-ish. It's fluctuated a little bit um, just because of timing and, and because we've got have a, lot, a lot of other activation of uh, other events going on. Jimmy and Wally at FM3 are responsible for all of our events, not just that. Yeah. Not just the Optimus. And so they're the they're
4: streak- kind of all around the country and that's where people get to compete yes. and then it all kind of ends here at SEMA yes. and then you reboot and start over next year.
6: Yep. Yeah, kind of exciting. We're going to Daytona next year. Okay. I, well, I'm not, yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce that. But anyway, <laughs> Scoop here, here. news. we go. We're we going, just to heard it. Yeah. going to Daytona. Invitational is going to Daytona.
4: Or maybe not. We'll see. Right. We'll see what happens.
6: <laughs> I don't think it'll be a 24 hour but yeah it's going to be awesome it'll be something fun <laughs> um
4: well cam thanks so much it's always great to catch up with you you guys have a hell of a event going on out there we're going to go out and, and watch a little bit of it because we yeah, can kind of hear do. it as we're <laughs> stowed away in a, in a in a in a trailer here but uh thanks so much uh the website is uh optima batteries
6: Optimabatteries.com.
3: excellent thanks so much
6: yeah thank you
3: well, there you have it. SEMA 2022 brought right to your earbuds. We go so you don't have to. It's uh, beautiful. It's, it's crowded, and it's, it's well attended. Uh, and uh, Matt did a yeoman's job of those interviews, man. So oh, Thank it's you. Serious.
4: And on our uh, social media, we'll be putting up a lot of the photos that correspond to the interviews
3: and a bunch of the stuff that we saw here. So, till next time, the saddle corolla for Matt the Motor Raider DeAndre DeAndrea saying keep the air and the spare and the bag of the wheel.
0: For the latest updates and call in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and
4: Instagram at Carcast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarcastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. Carcast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.
3: Do you own, do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work, you know it's easy. Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com.
2: Get around for Halloween with Pluto TV's 31 Nights of Horror. All month long, Pluto TV is bringing you the best Halloween movies, shows, and more. Watch classic horror movies like The Grudge or The Blair Witch Project. Or scream along with your favorite stars like Ryan Reynolds in life. Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows. The best part, it's so free, it's chilling. No credit card, no sign-up, no fee. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start screaming now.